Well, on this third Sunday of Lent, the readings present to us the spiritual symbol of water, its ability to purify and cleanse the human soul. Therefore, it is so very appropriate that we celebrate three baptisms this morning. We're going to bring into God's kingdom by water and the Holy Spirit, Paul and Precious and Eviana. In the first reading this morning, the people of Israel are in the desert, thirsty after their journey from Egypt. And they have a great fear, both for themselves and for their livestock, that they are going to die without water. They're going to die without water. And that has brought to mind the fact that then they begin to doubt that the Lord is truly in their midst. And so what do the people of God do in every generation? Complained and ask Moses for water. In each generation, the people of God complain and then ask their leadership to fix it. Moses, following God's instructions, struck a rock which symbolized Christ from whose heart will flow springs of living water. And he struck it with his staff and the water flowed from that rock for the people and the livestock to drink. This event is a precursor, an announcement, if you will, of the water that will spring from the side of Jesus Christ after he is stabbed by the soldier's spear. Everything in the Old Testament keeps pointing us to the coming of the Messiah. And so striking a rock in the middle of the desert points us to Good Friday. A living water which Jesus described in today's gospel, which narrates his conversation with a Samaritan woman that whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in that person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Have you figured out yet we're not talking just about water? Because it took the Samaritan woman a good while to figure out in her conversation with Jesus, I don't think we're talking about a bucket, a rope, and water. She had to have in the midst of that an aha moment, as they say. Oh, there's something going on here deeper than I imagined. The living water is the love of God that has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Given to us where? In the sacrament of baptism through which we have received God's grace, the remission of original sin, 
and have become the children of God, saved by the love that led Jesus Christ to die for us sinners. All of us, each and every one of us. Always remember, Jesus has come to save what was lost. His death is meant to save all of the human race. Sometimes that's a bit difficult for us to wrap our brains around. We kind of think he ought to save people who look like us or act like us or speak like us or come from wherever we came from for us. No. Jesus came for all of us. All humanity. Jesus' meeting with the Samaritan woman, as described in the Gospel of John this morning, is not just another story. It's not insignificant. This is a pay attention kind of story. You see, it's, it was well known that Jews and Samaritans avoided dealing with one another. They had for hundreds and hundreds of years and it especially affected the whole notion of sharing, or in their case, not sharing, food and drink. That was a scandal. It left everybody in the room unclean, the Samaritan and the Jews. You didn't share water you didn't share wine. You didn't share food. The fact that Jesus asked the Samaritan woman to give him a drink and then initiated a dialogue which ensued thereafter manifests the universality of our Lord's salvific mission. That's all church language for the fact that Jesus came for all of us. Jews, Samaritans, Gentiles, all come under the shadow of the cross. Nobody left out. You know, we human beings, <laughs> instead of voting folks off the island, we'd vote them out of the church. And that's what the Puritans used to do. <clears throat> Didn't work so well for them. And I promise you, it would not work well for us. All of us, all of us come under the shadow of that cross. The Samaritan woman had, and I want to say this gently, an irregular marital situation. Okay? She's, you know, bottom line, she sounded like Elizabeth Taylor. She had had five husbands. Elizabeth, I think, had seven, but that's beside the point. And the man that she was currently living with 
she was not married to. Kind of like, sounds like one of our families, doesn't it? She had never told Jesus this. Jesus was a reader of souls. Jesus knew anyway. You see, Jesus was interested in all souls, especially those who are in most need of his mercy and salvation. Jesus didn't come to hand out band-aids. He came to do heart transplants. I want you to hear that again. I just made that up as we go. But that's pretty good. Jesus did not come to hand out band-aids. You know, for, for, for people who were already nice, nice. No. Jesus came to do heart transplants. To change our hearts. This Samaritan woman's soul. Well, let's just put it this way. She needed a lot of help right now. And the conversation and the conversion of the Samaritan woman brought forth the conversion of others. Now, you see, sometimes that's where we Catholics kind of get stuck. Yeah, I got baptized. Yeah, I've had First Communion. Yeah, I've been confirmed. I've had my sacraments. It doesn't stop there, my friends. It doesn't ever stop. It continues as we share the love of Jesus Christ with others. The Samaritan woman represents all who have not received Christian baptism. But even at that, she still had all the traits, the innate human traits, which allows Christ's grace to enter into the human soul. She was receptive. She sincerely desired to receive the water that our Lord was talking about, which would quench her thirst for meaning, for being, for being in relationship, for being loved. Her thirst for salvation, for wholeness, for health. You see, she was ready to talk to our Lord, who was a Jew. She wasn't supposed to be talking to a Jew. He wasn't supposed to be talking to her. And you know, that is the first step in her change of heart, being willing to talk to Jesus. We call it prayer. We make it hard. We do books and lessons and groups and all sorts of things. It's talking to a friend. And maybe that first talk begins with Jesus. I don't know what to say. That's okay. Then just listen for a few minutes. 
Secondly, she had interest in what Christ was saying. It wasn't all about what she was saying. It was what Christ was saying. Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. She was trying to figure out a shortcut for her daily life. She just didn't want to have to come back to that well two or three times a day. Jesus says, we're not talking about this well, honey. We're not talking about that water. We're talking about your soul. And it begins to sink in. She was sincere and truthful, further opening her heart to him, admitting, you know, I don't believe I, could, I would ever say this. She said in her heart, kind of like going to confession, I have no husband. And she makes an act of faith. I truly perceive that you are a prophet. Her conversion to Christ is symbolized by the fact that when she left to go back into town, she left that old bucket. She left that old water jar, a symbol of her old pagan religion, her disastrous religion in terms of Old Testament Judaism, she left behind that bucket for the old dead water after asking Jesus to give her living water, the water that he was speaking of earlier. And she went away into the city and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Well, they went out of the city and came to him. See, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the conversion of one brought forth the conversion of many others. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. He knew me inside my soul. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed a couple of days. And many more believed because of his word. And then at the end of the time, they said to the woman, it is no longer because of just your words that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. As water is absolutely necessary for human life, so much more is Christ's living water, the baptismal grace, absolutely necessary for a man or woman's salvation. Let us, through our daily struggle, for conversion, our prayer, our fidelity to Christ's teachings, and our personal friendship with the Lord Jesus. Let all of those be instruments to bring souls to Christ so that their thirst for salvation may be quenched by the living water of Jesus. The water, the grace, the living water which provides eternal life. So with that, I think it's time to put the focus on Paul and 
Precious and Eviana, we need to get about washing these precious children in the living water of holy baptism. Amen.